those who can afford it, we know that there's some people out there who cannot afford it, and that's one of the problems. Those of us who relatively have must stand up for those who have not. I'm sick and tired hearing people complain about, well, you know, the right wing has Fox News and, and they have this and they have that. The oppressor always has more money than the oppressed. We have to make use of the resources that we have. We have people and we have people that can make contributions. Here on WBAI 99.5 FM, we want to have the tower fun strong and healthy so we're not worried about it 212-209-2950 or you can go online at wbai.org and donate to the tower fund And you are tuned to listener-sponsored radio, WBAI, 99.5 FM in New York, and on the web at WBAI.org. The following program is live, and we are here in the studio. Valley Forge, Berkshire, Sequoia. Valley Forge, Berkshire, Sequoia. This is Tom Central. Channel open for executive order AUC 3423. Listen to this, boys. I gotta talk to you. Hi, Johnny. What is this? What are you doing? Pretty good stuff, huh? I organized a hockey team for Chris and some of his friends, huh, Chris? We have our first practice this afternoon. You are looking at the coach. Call it off. Take that stuff in the garage, okay? There's going to be an accident. Call it off. Call it off? What for? Chris has been looking forward to this all week, huh? He's really coming out of his shell, John. Wait. I got to talk to you. Now, don't give me any arguments. The ice is gonna break!
happens here. That was the kind of world we made. Night shift. That was the kind of world we made. 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 Where life is like science fiction. Night shift. Now. Where are my people? 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 something they saw something there was a, a lot of light that's all I remember the name of the show I think there's no place to hide Night shift again. 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 Night shift
say you sleep six to eight hours, okay? So that's six to eight hours in a, in a 24-hour day. Now, you take at least an hour to get ready for work, okay? And then you work Not for... You, all right, stop. So you got... All right, listen to me. So you, you, you take at least an hour to get ready for work, perhaps an hour to get to work. So that's two hours getting ready and getting to work, okay? Then coming home, easily another hour. That's three hours. You spend eight hours of your day there at work. Now we're up to what? 11 hours. If you're going to sleep 6 to 8 hours, that's 19 hours. Now, you may eat in there, maybe an hour per meal. That leaves you what? 4 hours? 
three hours. Basically, what I'm saying is, in in a week, that eight hours is the most you're spending anywhere doing anything. Your life, if your job sucks, you know, your life kind of sucks. That's my job theory. Well, it's proven that people who do what they love live a lot longer. Well, there it is. So, now, asking and thinking about the worst job you ever had, how you handled that job, probably how you left or got fired, that worst job, it defined you. It changed you. Guaranteed. You found about some limit you had. That's my job theory. Well, you know what? You could be uh, Johnny Sunshine and tell me your job theory. <laughs> Come on, Johnny. Anything would be Johnny Sunshine, but what okay. you Okay, fine. Basically saying, fine. why don't you blow some sunshine <laughs> up where? No, I didn't say anything. Keep in mind, there's no safe harbor. Well, Max informed me, no safe harbor. The only obscene thing is that shirt you're wearing. So there's there's nothing like listening to yourself from years ago and realizing just how silly you were or are or perhaps or, still are or how we were how we were then uh, and that that was uh, an excerpt from a show you were on. Do you remember that show at all? I yeah. do. Yes, yeah. you know it's so funny. I, I remember that whole topic. I remember actually thinking very deeply about what you were saying. Yes, I think what I was doing at the time was not something that I was loving doing. And I think that you just kind of hit the nail, you know, proverbial nail, as they say. Well, you know, it, it's it's interesting too, uh, and having having you back here on the show because just having you, just you, and and you know all the machinations it took to to have this show happen is calls back a time yes. when when we hosted just it was this is pre Byron. Yeah, you know, you're yes. you're you're Back you're the, the you're the George Lazenby, and uh, you you came in for for a little while, and you were my co-host. All right, I have those are really great memories, and uh, I do remember coming into the Wall Street location at the time and uh, going upstairs in our slick offices. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're much slicker now, of course. Well, yes, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> but uh, I just remember just. Actually, being happy and feeling like no matter what else was going on in my life, I could come on and do the, the show. All right. Yep. Well, that, that's good. That's a good feeling, and that's a good reason to do the show. And you should have paid me. All right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> let me see if I got Oops, some pocket something. change. So you are tuned to listener sponsored radio WBAI ninety nine point five FM in New York, and and if if you've been listening to the station, hopefully you didn't just tune in. But if you if you if you did. Uh, and you don't know what this show is. The the theme of this show is that life is like science fiction. And we've been saying that for quite some time. Oh, yes. And, way before and, it was way, way, way before it was a fact. And, and the other thing uh, I was thinking about on the way here, on the way here to the station, was that, you know... Life is like science fiction as a sensibility, and you're just seeing sort of the fantastic and the you know what what's going on. Mm -hmm. But we also are at an, old enough now to have been young when we read and saw movies that predicted the future we're living in now. Exactly. So, so we can yeah. now marvel at the fact that we're living. Every week is somebody it, saying, you know what happened in that film? It's happened in 2023. It, it, there was exactly. a misconception about Zardoz, wasn't there? Oh, well, yeah, that, I, I, I helped promote that misconception. 
happened. No. <laughs> Bizarre Buzz did not take place in 2023. It took place in like 29, 23 or something. But Soylent Green did take place in 2022. Keep oh, wow. Mind, I did right? not so know that's that. Right. That's right. So awesome. we've had that's right. So and we, it's not really that different now. Uh, you know, we still haven't you know, started harvesting humans for food yet. <laughs> Okay, but we, we how you know, do you know there are new developments <laughs> on 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 pig? Perhaps. You know what they're growing on pigs now. It's it's disturbing. So, uh, it, keeping with the theme of 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 the show, mm-hmm. like I said, I still marvel at the world. So, I was thinking about the elements of the show and 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 how we can have all those elements. You know, there's the banter between the hosts. Okay, that's you and I. Yes. And 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 what we talk about there, the stories. The life is like science fiction, and I have stories that'll just. Yeah, okay. There's, there's no denying it. There's, there's just no denying that we're in the Matrix. And and so I have all those stories, okay? And then there's the music, you know, the, yeah. the DGM, you know, that's always got to... That's a, that's a big draw. It's, 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 it does some lifting. I think it does some lifting. But then, <laughs> but then here's the best thing about being live. The callers. Yes. We can actually take calls. We can talk about stuff. We can take calls because that was a big part of what Night Shift was. You know, we were likened to other shows like Bob Fass and and, and other late night shows. But, oh, but we had not, a rogues gallery going there. We had a rogues gallery. That that's where Mike from Jersey came from. Yes, that's where Danny came from. That's old where, man Murph. Old old man Murph. Who's old? Man Murph? Wasn't somebody named old man Murph? Oh, old 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 Macy. Old Macy. Old Macy. That's Macy, right. That's you know. right. Well, yeah, he, yeah, he actually came on live once too. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, we we had a cast of characters and we had a lot of listeners and 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 and. You know, it was a different time. Yes. So night shift and hey, the world has changed. The world has changed. A, you know, <laughs> it feels like times have changed. You know, the, that those sound bites have, have more they significance. They have not aged they, in the least. No, they get better with age, actually. <laughs> no. Um, but what I was going to say is that that it, radio uh, was much more of um, uh, a, a community thing, you know, uh, especially, you know, community radio, which is what WBAI is, uh, still is, but, but it was a major form of social interaction, how you could reach and interact with an audience. It's what's missing from podcasts of course. today, you know, oh, yeah, where, you just listen to people pontificate uh, and say whatever they want talk for, or, for hours and, and, you know, you get no feedback. You can't you, yeah, get your you opinion. Can't, you can't get right. your thoughts. You can't call up and belch like, like we used to have. <laughs> Well, I do miss what, that. What guy who would just uh, call a belt? And yeah. we, had, we had, and and it's interesting too because we, we've we've lost a number of those, uh, you know, the, some of those those callers who were like the cast, the Rogues Gallery, uh, <laughs> have passed. Like Monroe, who, who yeah. was like a major caller, and and, yeah. and, and a few others. Yeah. So uh, life and, goes on. Yes, it does. Now we're in twenty twenty three. Even the year just sounds, you know, as oh, a kid, yeah. this sounded like. We're in the future, you know. There's spaceships. Well, I mean, we flew about, here. Remember the about 2001 Space Odyssey? I mean, that's, that would that would have been 22 years ago. That's exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right. So I, I I don't even want to think about that because then I'll I'll feel old. All right. But but uh, I I will say that so much has um, moved ahead in this world and, and I will give out the number but, but I see people calling the people who call are people who know the number oh, yeah. and then it's like they I don't care what you're talking about I'm calling it's in, and it's right so mind. so let me it's talk about a few mind. things now we're not going to talk about the worst job that you had we're not going to talk about that no, but that was, I, that but, was a 
bit, yeah. right? That was a, that was uh, it was a whole theme for the show. Yeah, for yeah. one of our past shows. Well, that's right. That's what that segment I was that was playing. Yeah, and some hey. of our old gang too in the studio. Some of this music just sets a different tone. But what, what I was going to say is, uh, but what I would like uh, to ask you, and and this is just an underlying theme because I think underlying themes like like a like a stream underlying, especially when people call, because sometimes they just call and to call. Oh, yeah. So I want to ask them a question, and and I, and I want to ask you that question because I I have a couple, uh, and and I want to ask you if you have any irrational fears. Like fears, like you know, it doesn't make any sense. But like you have a fear of it. Does it have to be like a serious one, like of death or something? No, like that? no, that's not irrational. Okay, I don't think fear of death is irrational. <laughs> but I mean, like uh, fear of like yeah. some people, like it, you know, oh, squirrels. Spiders, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I was talking to my son. We had we were going to see a jazz show uh, this weekend, and uh, uh, and uh, we we I was just having a conversation with him, and we were talking about the fact that. I often have this fear that in a theater, like whether it's a play or music, it, when it gets to a silent part, a quiet part, I'll scream out. I feel like I can, almost can't stop myself. <laughs> I've been in plays on Broadway, you know, with, where you're thinking like, I'm thinking, I, I might scream. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, and it's in a, so, and then he he kind of said, I know what you mean. I was like, you do, you know? It's like, <laughs> I'm your son. I'm a freak too. <laughs> no, what did he say? What did he say? And I just thought, you know, like, why do I? I've always felt this way. I've always felt like this need to disrupt a professional moment of actors or performers on uh, right at the quietest moment and then i know what would happen if i did i would get rushed out and it would be a mess and i would regret it seconds later but it's an irrational fear, fear. well you know that's an irrational fear but it's, it's interesting because i think it, it it it's it touches upon uh something else and, I, and i'm sure there's uh, a phrase for it where you know it's sort of like you know uh, uh, it's like almost like a what if that exists in your head like sure. what if i just got up right now took off my clothes and did the funky chicken <laughs> what would people exactly. do you know you know what i'm saying and it's just exactly. like something it's like and, and and like you said when it when it's a recurring what if i, I and i i guess i could call that irrational fear that, that that's interesting so i'm interested to see what people call and say but i, I have one too it's sure. a, it's an irrational fear and it, it's nothing and again like you is irrational so you, you never give into it but you you wonder why does this keep <laughs> why does this keep coming up why does this come up in my mind and and, and my irrational fear is uh and and i have to contextualize this to say that um you know i'm someone who grew up you know, in 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 New York, and mm -hmm. and moved into Manhattan at a very young age, and lived in the city, and so I never needed a car. You know, I never even bothered getting a driver's license. I had a learner's permit for years. You know, mm -hmm. uh, and and I could drive, but you know, I never. So it's a fairly common New York story. Yeah, common there. But within the last ten years, uh, I got my driver's license. Right. You know, and I did. A lot, I've done a lot of driving in the last eight years, mm -hmm. and 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 especially in California, which is. It's a whole other. Have you ever driven? Oh yes. Yeah, it's oh, a whole yes. other thing. Those highways and 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 the traffic. Oh yeah, you it's just stop in a it's jam for like, you know, like an hour. Please. You know, people and, are playing chess. You yes, know, and, yes. Uh, it's insanity, and just people drive differently. Uh, yeah. So well, and I've I did the whole PCH like, uh, L.A. up to uh, Big Sur, you know, thing that whole, you know, and so. 
uh, let's just say driving California, and I was out there for maybe 11 days or something, mm-hmm. uh, doing a lot of driving, uh, which is all you do in California. If you go, oh, yeah. You unless you just a third of camp, your life unless you camp somewhere. Deal. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, I got over any fear I might have had in any, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and I consider myself to be a pretty good driver. Okay. And, and well, I <laughs> shut up, <laughs> shut up. I got my shurikens with me anyway. And, and so, uh, I, I consider myself to be a pretty good driver and, but I also consider my, you know, my instincts and everything from being, uh, uh, being a, a cyclist for so many years, you know, and, 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 and the way yeah, I look at f- Lightning quick reflexes. No, and all just that. just the way you ha- when you're a cyclist, especially if you're riding in the city, you have to be aware of everything around you, oh, yeah. either drive and oh, yeah. what the people are doing. And it's not even so much about what you're doing; it's like exactly just suddenly it smash was, into you, and who cares? You're you dead. Have, you, you know, have to be, I mean, yeah, hyper aware. So I say all that to say that I have an irrational fear, though. Okay. Mm-hmm. Of like crashing into like like and not crashing like you know how when the 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 turn the 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 road is curving right and there's like a wall and and it's like, like a concrete the, wall yeah concrete wall and there's this irrational fear that the the steering wheel won't steer right <laughs> and it's just gonna crash into the wall now of course that's never gonna happen yeah. but it's like every time I'm driving I'm feeling like yes at any moment. It could happen. Do you and, feel like you want to do that? No, I, not that I want to. It's just that the car oh. wouldn't. The, the irrational fear is that the car would not respond correctly, oh. Oh. and I would go into. And so I say all that to say I know it's an irrational fear, and so I lean into. I always drive in the left lane because it's that left lane thing. I don't know why I feel like. Yeah. So it's well, you know, when, when I first started coming from New York, just like you did, and grew mm-hmm. up in. I finally got to the point in my life, quite a few years ago, like when my 30s, I also had learned to drive in my 30s for the mm. first time. And my big irrational fear was that I was going to hit somebody. In your 30s, so you mean back at the turn of the century? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean last year. Um, I I had this fear that I was going to hit somebody, especially mm. a child. I used to have nightmares about it. Really? When I was, when, when that's I was just, that's uh, an irrational fear. That's irrational. When I was uh, testing. When I was like in the testing process, and I just kept thinking, if I ever get on the road, I'm gonna hit somebody, you know, with the, with the car, because because you know how sometimes when you stop when you're first learning, you keep hitting the brake instead of the uh, accelerator. At least that was my uh, experience. Well, no, I, I kept forgetting I, uh, which one was the brake and which was the accelerator, yeah, that, that. and I just figured that I would panic, hit the accelerator, and hit somebody, and that was a, that was. And of course, it never happened, but it was a fear. Interesting, interesting. No, no, I never, um, I never, uh, I never thought about, you know, I never had nightmares about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hitting a child or anything. All right, so, so now, life is like science fiction, okay? First of all, okay, and, and I'll give out the phone number here so people can call and tell their irrational fears. The phone number to call is 212 209 2877 as I walk you through some of these uh, stories. And here's one, one that, that I think is interesting and, and suggestive of the future. This is the perfect life is like science mm-hmm. fiction. Okay, the headline is Bruce Willis sells, hit, sells deep fake firm the rights to recreate his likeness. And they've already made some commercials. Now, if you don't know what deep fake technology is, hopefully, you know, you're not living under a rock. But if you don't know, deep fake is basically we're, we're at an age now where digitally 
you know, like Avatar is, is a perfect example. Everything that you see in Avatar is, is, is a digital creation. Uh, they, they, there's what they call motion capture. So they, they have a guide for how they want these digital creations to move. So literally they're avatars of, of the actors playing these humans that are avatars on another planet. So that, that's the whole concept of Avatar now. You can make, I could do, uh, there are apps right now where I could make Keith look like a fool, okay, just with the app and blow his cheeks <laughs> oh, out and I things like that. that. And those are just, that that's just well on your myself. phone, okay? But what they call deep fake is when it's so good, it's imitated the voice, it's yeah, imitated the looks. Everyone talks about the Princess Leia uh, was one of the first right, things right. someone do that, and they, it was okay. It well, they great. see, now we have this thing, and we're going to see it in the new Indiana Jones movie where they, they, they call it de-aging. Okay, de-aging, where where they take the real actor and then just de-aged. Well, they, they did, they did it with the uh, the Scorsese picture, the Scorsese picture right? Uh, exactly, the Irishman. But the Irishman. But, it, but that was again, that was not done a, a well. Developed. Well, let's put it. And this apparently, way. cost them almost a hundred million dollars to do that, and it still looked well. Fake. Again, you know, if you remember, the Abyss had 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 a, a digital uh, water snake that was mind blowing at the time. So here we go, Bruce Willis has sold his likeness. Now, if you know Bruce Willis, okay, let me read a little. You know what happened with Bruce Willis, correct? You yeah. Know, Bruce Willis he, he has, got, he's he's getting, retired. He's, and he's, he's getting, uh, he's got some disease or something. Yeah, he's, he, he's, he's retired. his ability to talk. No, well, yeah, exa eventually. So, it says here, a spokesperson for Bruce Willis denied the ongoing partnership. Now, this is an update. This is an update that this went out today. It said, Bruce, Will it says here, uh, hold on a second here. Bruce Wake Deep for Firm sells the likeness to Firm the sells deep fake firm the rights to recreate his likeness. And then they have an update that Bruce Willis said that there is they deny there's any ongoing ongoing partnership with uh Deep Cake, the company confirmed, and that Willis remains the exclusive rights of his owner. But then a new report came. So I say all this to say that um all this Bruce Willis selling his likeness and, and, and ads with with actors. And, and I think this is something that we're going to keep seeing. I mean, like there's a horror movie out now where, you know, there's a doll, Megan, and, and you know, it's digitally created character. And, you know, because it's a doll, you can kind of lean into the, the nature of it. But I think this is part of the future of what's going to happen. I think eventually these, um, let's just say these... The, the heirs to some of these, you know, we might see Bogey do a movie with Tupac. You know yeah, what I'm saying? yeah. So yeah, this is Mike and I. You and I have been kind of talking on the side yes. for weeks now about the concept of AI. AI. I kind of see this branches out as the same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm I'm an artist and illustrator, and uh, you know, it's been a big concern in our community because we feel like you know, right now, it's, these things are powered by uh, source art that other people have without giving them any money and, and then they go and create art and and then the whole idea is to make it so you don't need illustrators or you don't need artists but the thing is that usually these things all have to be pulled from something it can't be um completely made whole cloth but 
you know, the idea of creating, taking established personalities, you know, like a Brad Pitt or George Clooney, making them younger, having them do any kind of a thing you want them to do completely convincingly, it terrifies me because it's going to, it's going to be, people get lazy. I mean, why, what's going to be the source 50 years from now? Because if well, they, there are AI generated scripts now and books and, and that's and insanity. I mean, and, it's, and it's so, like, but it's still only informed by create creative that's already existed in a world that didn't have AI. I'm wondering if you can still be creative in a world of AI because everything will be AI and everything is a copy of a copy of a copy. Well, I think I think we will redefine creative because just like we did with samples and synthesizers and, and samplers and, and things where you don't need an orchestra, you can have an orchestra sampled and you can make it sound just like an orchestra. So now... It, it, you know, yeah, a lot of musicians were put out of work, but it didn't stop certain things. And again, I'm not being an advocate. I'm playing that right. I know that. But but I, I also think that at, at the same time, wouldn't you go see uh, a new Star Trek movie with the original cast, completely done digitally, looking totally realistic, with likenesses all licensed from the the owners of the and and the voices all recreated in the whole new episode movie. <laughs> with you know, them in their prime, I, you I wouldn't come, go. You'd go. So then, so then, the actors' likenesses and performances yep. will be. Basically, the property of Disney or someone, and it's just and like is every just, other part of of you. There's something about not seeing live performance. It's kind of like the difference between I don't know going to theater and, um, and seeing a movie. You know, I mean, I do hope that no matter what happens, there will be people that will still be interested in seeing you know real actors. I mean, I don't, I cannot believe that it would be. They can formulate an entire uh, performance that way because there are all kinds of human I am emotions and, and, play and this things. To you when when, know, when yeah when, when something happens like you know who who is it that was nominated for an Oscar for playing Gollum? Uh, oh jeez, I was just, uh, I just heard yeah, his name. Well, Andy Andy Circus. Andy Circus. Right. So so the point I'm making is. It, it, they they would be able to look beyond the artifice to see the art behind the the digital artifice, and 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 that and that redefined what could be nominated in many ways. Don't you think? Oh, I mean, I was one of those people who was an advocate for circus. I think no, it, it's also saying that everybody in the ad, uh, the uh, Avatar film, but could also but, should okay. Be able to let be, me tell uh, you who may not agree with you. Okay, who has had to retire because of this. Andy Rick Circus? Baker. Oh, oh because okay. no, they're not the doing makeup artist here now. Prosthetic of it now. Now, what digital did is get rid of that whole industry. Now, not that practical makeup effects aren't still around and everything, but that level and those guys, Rob Bottin and and Rick Baker and all the guys all who, the guys who, with who like if, you, if you don't know what we're talking about, these were like the guys who won all the Oscars for all those special effects movies back in the eighties and nineties and, and, yeah. and things that, that like that, Star Wars and, and all, all of it. All and, uh, but now everything can be done digitally. You know, the Yoda was. A, a puppet in 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 By the Jim original Hansen. Star Wars, and then he was digitally created in the newer Star Wars. So I say all that to say that eventually we get used to it. You know, we got used to the digital Yoda. Yoda fought the digital. Everybody cheered when Yoda fought. You know, Dooku. But I guess I guess my point is that it's not so much that I mind that we have better technology to create things. It's more like everything that I've seen 
is based on something that existed outside of the AI realm. So if, if we if, say 30 years from now, 40, 50 years from now, won't we just have nothing to build on? And so if we, we can't keep building on the era when um, there was live action, you know, acting. Because, why, you know, I, I assume that if you're going to make a, a movie out of uh, James T. Kirk and the rest of the Star Trek gang, you would pull out from all TV shows and you'd have to take that information and, and synthesize it so that it, you can make them do other things. But it's still based on performances and, and material that existed before that time. I mean, something has to be built on something. I think that's one reason why I'm not super crazy about a lot of modern pop is because a lot of it sounds like it's it's just borrows from yeah. But I, I got to say, it, it playing devil's and advocate, it sounds, like, it sounds makes me sound like old man. Well, but. you do so, totally sound like a gray old man. But 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 <laughs> but what I also say is that that's nothing new. I mean, if you listen to uh, Jaws. It is definitely a, a, a take on the rights of spring. You listen to Star Wars. There's, there's, you, you hear Tchaikovsky, Stravinsky. You, you know, you can. Well, yeah, hear, every, everything so, that so the, I, those guys do is borrowed from all classical. art is influenced by the art that well, came Of course, before. but I'm saying so, that. I, well, if, hold on if, now. If, I'm saying that there isn't an era. I think of art that was not influenced by the art that came before. So it's not. But is that you're but, saying art? I'm, talk, I'm saying, you're talking about. No, We're talking hear about me out, uh, hear me out. I'm technology. Saying, technology no. is not art. Well, technology is an art tool. Technology is an art tool. Technology is part of the tool. Do you not work or do you sit on a drafting table or do you work on a computer doing uh, uh, the illustration? You do a combination of, of illustration that, that is assisted by a, 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 a tool. You know, you're, you're an illustrator, but... but but you can use, you can color a, a pencil drawing or an ink drawing with a computer just as, as a tool. Now, you could do it with watercolor, but you can also use it with these digital tools that allow you to, to recreate. Sure. I'm, so, I'm not having a problem with enhancing, but, I'm, I'm, but when you're talking about taking human beings and making material from, they could even be dead, and having them walk around and have performances, I just feel like, that's not that's replacing it's not it's not an aid it's completely rebuilding something you know from the ground up if you're making new stories with it well I, it's like I, and by itself i know? i would say i mean would you let me just ask you this mike really yes, quick yes can does this sound appealing to you to watch a film that was ai written ai acted music done ai and that all humans did was write a f type a few words in to a computer and say, "I want a movie, uh, you know, about the future. Uh, an an African American um, astronaut is going to go to Mars, and he's going to fight some other people, and then the whole script gets written based on all that. And then, uh, would you want to watch that? You know, just see what the computer comes up with based on stuff that it's read from from the past, or do you rather have somebody sit there and have a point of view that's very specific to them?" And, and create story that is not just pulled from okay. what's okay. been done. Okay, let, let me answer people. that. Let me answer that. I would say two things. Would I want to see that? Would I, I be? Would I be want to see it? Sure, of course I'd want to see it. I would. See, I would see. Want to see what it was and how it was done and whether man. Now, would I prefer something made by actual humans? Of course. Now, at the same time, though, because I feel what you're talking about, technology. Technology uh, influences the aesthetic. 
Okay, you know, whether it's the type of paint and the technology behind the paint and, and what you can do with it and, and the, the canvas and all that, mm -hmm. or, you know, let's just use animation. You know, hand-drawn animation for many years, you know, Disney and everything pioneered. And computer animation, especially in its, you know, in its infancy, let's when it was nascent, it was, you know, is it really, you know, it, you know, it, it, it had to have something, you know, uh, groundbreaking like Toy Story or something that, that leaned into the, 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 let's just say the, the non-realistic nature of it to, mm -hmm. to, to make it work, to right. make you buy it, you mm -hmm. know, and then uh, as we've, we've advanced now to the point now where there's all kinds of styles of digital art and that's completely accepted. So it's not even just, you know, so hand-drawn, if hand-drawn pops up during a digital, oh, hey, wow, look, some hand-drawn stuff shows up and it's just part of, you know, the whole palette of, of art now. I say all that to say that, you know, we might have grown up saying, seeing the Disney classics and consider that the best in animation, but there, there definitely is a generation that's going to grow up completely embracing, you know, computer animation and maybe, you know, find this quote unquote flat animation. Like they've taken, you know, I think it's sacrilege to do like these 3D versions of Charlie Brown. But oh then, my you God. Know, I when know, it came I know. out, everybody couldn't, nobody could it's understand. Like, I don't know. It's like, why do it? When it was, I, I remember everybody, everybody around me who likes the penis character yes. said, it looks cool. And, and, it, and the movie got well reviewed. And, yeah. and, and I just said, I cannot stand this because this is not, you know, what well, you, you Charles, never, you Charles Schultz wants you to do. You obviously never do. had your Viewmaster because Viewmaster, they, they look just like that. <laughs> now, the, well, you know what? No, in the Viewmaster, there were models. Yes, of course. They, they built. Models. Yeah, they, what those things look like little models to me. <laughs> that's what, that's what the, the Charlie Brown. Right. But, you know, one thing I want to say about the whole animation thing is even though computers are made to animate, all the looks of the characters, the way they're designed, the backgrounds, goes, they're all done by humans. Humans. It, that, that's my point. And, and then the, the technology is a tool. It's just not to like you just press it in and say, Mr. Pixar just walks in a room and says, hey, I want to do one about cars. And then he puts, Mr. you know, he types something Mr. in. Mr. Pixar. I, <laughs> that, my point is that, that the technology is just a tool. It's not replacing art. And and I, I do think there are a lot of dangers for AI. Mm -hmm. We're scratching the surface of what it's going to do. That's my fear that we're scratching. Um, it's, it's a legitimate fear. It's, it's for and sure. By, by the way, can I mention this too? I do see technology being pretty incredible. Like one of the things I always think about is film. Back in the day, you know, you used to have to have like these huge Panaflex cameras and they were super expensive and very few, even studios couldn't afford them. They used to have to rent them. And, you know, now films are done completely digitally. They're, you know, so that means a lot more people who always dreamed of making a film now able to make films. So things, that kind of technology I love. It means making things that used to have a barrier, financial or otherwise, or some kind of super high level of skill in order to make something should be should be improved upon, you know, because you know if we if you, you know these things should be available to you. But what I don't like is when people like in the case of uh, what I was talking about earlier about art AI, where people call themselves artists by just typing in a bunch of words into a computer, and then this app just makes a picture, and then you go and you, uh, as I've been hearing lately enter it into a art competition and win. I'm like, no, I just spent my whole life <laughs> learning how to do this so some guy can, you know, and I'm not even a competitive person. I don't care about competitions, but I, I just think 
it doesn't it makes people not appreciate the work that goes into doing certain things it also means though <coughs> well i agree with you let me just say that stories I want to talk about, too. Uh, the phone number is 212-209-2877. You know what I do see, though, with that whole the, the digital art? I see mm-hmm. people using them as book, self-publishing book covers, just taking that kind of stuff, and, and that becomes it because they couldn't afford to... You know, sure. I mean, so I, 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 I feel that. I feel it will... You know, listen, I've seen them. They look... Sometimes they're really beautiful. I, 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 don't, I don't deny that, so... You can't deny it, beauty. All right, so two one two two zero nine two eight seven seven. I know some people were calling before, and you are listening to Night Shift, and we are live here on on the air. Okay, here's another story for you. Okay, besides, so that's Bruce Willis who has sold his likeness, or or has he? How about this one? Did you hear this this story? Experiments show women can sniff out single and married men. Sniff out? Yes. I mean, literally, okay. of course. Literally, it says, yes. In recent years, the science of human scent, this is, this is an article from Science Alert. Okay, it says, in recent years, the science of human scent has been sniffing up a storm in the lab, and recent results suggest that people who like to take deep whiffs of another's natural fragrance are likely to be more sexually motivated overall. So, just be on the lookout for those sniffing uh, women. Yeah. Well. All right. Straight men also seem to be more attracted to a woman's scent when their crush is at the most fertile point in her menstrual cycle or when a woman is sexually aroused. Exposure to these pheromones can even trigger men to drink more on a night out. Conversely, when women are ovulating, studies found that they are more attracted to masculine-looking males. Experiments also suggest that men's testosterone levels can subtly fluctuate depending on whether men or whether they're single or in a committed relationship. It seems like it's just the law of the jungle, right? Well, we're there it is. It's a, well, there it is. This is yeah. not yet clear if these hormonal changes can directly alter a person's appearance or their scent, but initial experiments suggest that they might. Yeah. So Our textiles might work. What's that? What's <laughs> <laughs> this? Is what we're spending billions of dollars? Well, listen. Say. This is these are tax dollars. Is that what you said? Okay. Uh, I think that these are the things we need to know about. Um, okay. Uh, okay. Did you hear about this? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I, I turned away. What? What? Did, do you know the phone number here, Keith? Oh, it's two one two two zero nine two eight seven seven two eight seven seven. Uh, Alaska's Arctic waterways 
are turning a foreboding orange. Well, that's yeah, depressing. The, the disturb the, the, it's the, the picture is very disturbing. You can look this up. This is from Wired, and it says uh, dozens of once crystal clear streams and rivers in the Arctic, Alaska, are now running bright orange and cloudy. And in some cases, we're becoming more acidic. This otherwise undeveloped landscape now looks as if an industrial mine has been in operation for decades. Scientists want to know why. Roman Dalla, professor of biology and mathematics at the Alaska Pacific University, first noticed the stark water quality changes while doing field work in the Brooks Range in 2020. He spent a month with a team of six graduate students, and they could not find adequate drinking water there are so many streams that are not just stained they're so acidic that they curdle your powdered milk he said in others the water was clear but you couldn't drink it because it had really weird mineral taste and tang Dial, who spent the last 40 years exploring the Arctic and gathering data on climate change-driven changes in the Alaska's tree line for a project that also includes work from these various ecologists. He says that uh, most of the rusting, he, they, they, they think it's the rusting waterways that are located somewhere within Alaska's most remote protected lands. The phenomena is visually striking. It looks like something's been broken or something's been exposed in a way that's never been exposed before. So, what do you think of that, Keith? It doesn't make me happy. Well, this is this is that was the kind of world we'd make. So that, <laughs> yeah, we have that kind of world where only half of us gives a crap, you know, about doing anything about it. You know, it, one of the things that about this current world we live in is how everything's become politicized and you know just basic things we should be doing just to keep survival going on our planet is uh, politically being used you know as a, as a bargaining chip or not using it as a bargaining chip just to make a point it's uh, these things scare me because you know you and I have kids and we want them to enter a world that's cleaner or better than one we came up in right well you know that that's something that i talk about here on the show i feel like you know unfortunately you know we have you know globally we have not advanced as 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 a you know civilization the civilization of man or humans and uh and in america you know uh right now we're poised to go backwards and and you know, it, to me, it comes back to, I mean, obviously, you know, greed and, and mm -hmm. sexism, racism, all those are all the, 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 you know, big ingredients. But I also think that, you know, we in America have, have really cultivated a, you know, we call it individualism. But but I would say we we've cultivated like a toxic individualism. Yeah, where it's I, so I know exactly what you, you mean. know what I'm talking I, about. You know I'm thinking I mean? about this all the time. And by yes. the way, yes. the, the iPhone and social media have just accelerated. That well, fact. I think I think social media accelerated or oh, oh okay, I thought I broke my thing. Uh, I think social media just accelerated the the um, or or. Or let's put a set, put a sense. I think put a light, shine the light on, uh, a, a, or or let's let's say amplified 
and, and shine a light on our, our need, uh, a basic human need for validation. You know, we know that we have needs for, you know, to belong and to be in a group and to be tribal and all these things, but there's a need, and, and this might be because of our cultural aesthetic, but this need for validation, the need for, you know, viewers or likes or whatever it is. Everybody's got to be a star. Everybody's got a star, but also everybody's got to be paid attention to. And, and so you don't pay attention even in the moment because you're seeing if you're being paid attention to it, you're paying attention to other stuff. So, you know, we... People are committing suicide because they don't have enough likes. There it is. So, so the currency, the social currency uh, at this point now is, you know, is relevance. And, and at, at a certain point, what will you do for that? What will you do to be relevant? You know, none of this stuff has any, you know, substantial currency in keeping the world going either. It's like we're all in eggs. Well, like, that, that's what I'm saying. That's what I mean. It's like all being a pandemic or something. It's like, it's, we're not putting anything, we're not doing anything. We're just well, typing. You know, we are doing, let me tell you, we are night. doing certain things. Let me just tell you what we're doing. Okay. Okay. Forget silicon. This computer is made of fabric. This jacket can raise and lower its own hood without chips or batteries and might one day help disabled wearers move. Okay. They have a... They, 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 this, this is uh, a mechanical engineer and he and his team have made a shiny black jacket that performs logic without electronics specifically the jacket can raise and lower its own hood at the push of a button and it contains a simple one bit memory that stores the state of the hood or as this uh dan Preston is his name uh it's a non-electric durable logic in a textile based device hmm. tell me that's not life is like science fiction can you imagine you just like press a button, your hood goes up. That's like, it's like you're just, this is like a background thing in the in the science fiction movie. The, the, your hood goes up on its own. You know or Tony, why? Why? Because it's so much. Stark. It's so hard to just take your your hand and. Well, they have a video. Flop it over your they, head. They have a video of it. You can see the hood going up and down, and they press the button. Now, that's no so lazy, MF. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> I want to put my hood on. <laughs> Let me buy this $5,000 coat that'll put Stop. it up for no, me. It'll become eventually, you know, affordable technology for everyone. everyone. <laughs> it's real, you know what? This was the silliest thing I've ever seen. All it does is lift it. Tell me that head. should be filed under uh, ridiculous products. Is that what you're saying? Uh, like, no, come on. This will help people who are disabled. That's what oh. they're saying. Well, like, what if, yes, what if you can't lift your own hood? For all the billions of one-armed people in the Stop. world. Stop. I mean, come on. Stop. you got to, you know, listen. you got to think about them. One-armed people need help, too. That goes by. So look, they, they look, the prototype jacket. I'm waiting for the machine that um, wipes your backside. They, listen, you've already got that. you got a bidet <laughs> and then a self-flushing. So, all right. Here's, here's what I would say. Uh, and another, you say that we're doing nothing as humans. We're doing nothing. And we've invented that kind of, like, how, how is that, how is that uh, 
not something. How about this one? Okay. <laughs> it wasn't right. much. I'll say that. It was very little. <laughs> all right. That, you know, all right. Okay. For, for the amount of effort it takes to lift a hit or put Stop. Head, you know, you would just have no yeah, we're vision. We're going to end up no vision. blobs you know, of jelly because you we don't want to make any no effort of any kind. No vision. You don't know what's happening. All right. So. Um, well, we'll all be avatars, right? So we won't need our bodies. Is this true? By the way, did you hear about what's happening with Coppola? Francis Ford Coppola? Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, yes. Now, what's happening? Front page of The Hollywood Reporter. Francis Ford Coppola's Megalopolis. That's his $120 million self-financed film. Do you know about this? No. All right. He's been making a $120 million self-financed film called Megalopolis. Okay? Just... I'm surprised he had $120 million. Oh, come on. What are you talking about? What? Well, I mean, I could see how he would get it financed. I didn't know he had it in the bank. Well, I guess he does have that wine he's business. Right. Listen, he's, he's, he invested in, in, in things. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, had, he's been making movies with his wine money for a while. This is like the biggest one. And, and you know. Yeah, I know that he's been financing films before. They're all pretty small well, films. Because you know, I think what happened was he, did, he had the Zotrope Studios, and he did a couple of huge movies back in like the 80s or 70s. 80s, I think. Like uh, what was one called? One from the heart or something like that, and and there were such huge flops that he went bankrupt for a while. Yeah, well, yeah, that 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 was a whole that was a different era of um, him. But now let me let me tell you what's going on with him now. Okay, the filmmaker is halfway through the movie in Atlanta, with one source describing the set. And I'm reading this directly from the Hollywood Reporter. The set as absolute madness. <laughs> Francis Ford's latest uh, movie, the sci-fi-tinged Megalopolis, has descended into chaos. According to multiple sources, the movie, currently halfway through shooting in Atlanta, has, in the last week, lost key creative talent, including its production designer and supervising art director. That's on top of losing the entire visual effects team in the first part of December. Too many insiders. The production is giving severe apocalypse now vibes. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Yes, and yeah, the same thing happened to him. There. And it's one on which well, the, the iconoclastic eighty-three-year-old director is breaking a cardinal Hollywood rule: never spend your own, your own money. So. So, it says here that Megalopolis has been a passion project for decades in the making for the filmmaker who turned heads in the fall of 2021 when the news broke that he would be self-financing the $120 million film, partially with the tens of millions he made by selling his popular North California wineries. <gasps> the budget has since expanded and the film is now halfway through its 80 to 90 day shoot. But a production source says it's whether it's unclear whether the production can go forward as planned. Representatives for Coppola did not respond to a request for comment in time for publication. Now, do you want to know who's in it? Who? Adam Driver, Forrest Whitaker, Lawrence Fishburne, John Voight, Talia Shire, Shia LaBeouf, Jason Schwartzman, Dustin Hoffman. Wow, it's a hell of a cat. Yeah, you so. know what? I, I I think he's making making a mistake, but I have to say, you know, I, I admire his. 
commitment how to his you, art. How can you not admire that? I mean, I think he did the same thing with Apocalypse, where he put his house up for sale or something. Yeah, or maybe he, that was with um, <clears throat> Stoker's Dracula. Uh, yeah, he's done it a few times. He's <laughs> done, yeah, he's, he's but, done you it. know, he's serious. And, and, and by the way, I hate to say it, but he hasn't had a hit in a long, long time. And a lot of people would say that, you know, he doesn't have whatever it was he had before. I mean, well, you know, it's interesting you say that because uh, I interviewed him. I was, I was about to mention that, and yeah, I, and I, I hate to give you him. any credit for anything. Yeah. But it was probably one of my one of the best interviews with uh, Coppola I've ever heard. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Check in the mail. Uh, let's, we're actually going to answer somebody's calling. Okay. Hello, you're on the air. Okay. He wants us to hear it's new. Hello, you're on the flavor. air. Okay, I don't know if I can reach them. I don't know what that is. Okay. Sound like oh, hello, you're on the air. Okay, they're the they currently call. Maybe they call back. Hello, you're on the air. Hello, can you hear me? Oh yes, now I hear you. Go ahead. Where can I get a meeting with Mr. Pixar? <laughs> <laughs> He's actually sitting right next to me. Mr. Mr. Pixar? Pixar. Mr. Pixar. Uh, who are we speaking with? Mr. I'll, I'll Pixar. Uh, this would be Mike from Jersey. Mike from Jersey calling in like 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 old times. Yes. So, um, so yeah, so well, you heard about Coppola. You heard what's happening on the set there. And I, 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 well, I know that he's making a $120 million movie. That's and correct. what are they doing with it? Right, well, he's, the, uh, he's, it's descended into chaos. That's what they're saying. Uh, they said uh, that... Uh, Basically, yeah, and you said, well, uh, you, 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 you came in and interrupted Keith mid-compliment, so Keith, get, get, back, get back get back, to what you were saying there, Keith. Uh, so, uh, but yes, I, I did ask him that question because I, I really wanted to know, like, you know, because I, I remember reading about Rod Serling and right. that, you know, he never uh, was able to recreate what he had done, like, in his 30s, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and 30s, 40s. Yeah, and, and and you know when you've when you've done something so iconic, then are you just do you continue to try and outdo yourself, or do you live in the shadow of your achievement? And I think that that's that's an interesting question. I think that Surly had a, a wide enough talent that he could have done more because he yeah, but did, did he, he but did, a TV did show, he see himself but then that he way? He was writing all the different kinds of screenplays for different films. Let's not forget Planet of the Apes. Let's not forget Planet of the Apes. Of course, Planet of the Apes. But then things like, you know, Requiem. Requiem. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, this guy could have probably done a screenplay about anything, any subject. Um, and the fact that he, I don't know. Well, he died young, too. So I guess he didn't get to it anyway. Well, he was but, a smoker. So. Oh, my God. He was, yeah, he was, he was uh, like, I, I read a couple of biographies of him. And, uh, yeah, he was like smoking like eight packs a day or something. Egg, yes. Couldn't even stop doing it even when he was filming his show. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, smoking they, he's smoking. He's on the camera smoking. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, the thing about Coppola, I, I do think he's a, one of our greatest filmmakers. Um, I think he his talent is incredible. It's just that whatever I, I do think there's a lightning bolt time in most people's most artists' lives where you just hit certain things and you can never really get back there again and you keep trying you, and you just can't and for him to put that much money into a film now where most things just go straight to streaming and barely make a profit I mean I think the last time a movie's really made money was uh, Maverick 
I mean, like, made, uh, made Avatar money. and Wakanda made money, just so you know. Right, but if he's spent $120 million, you're going to have to make three times that to make any profit. <laughs> and, I, and I don't think having a million stars in it makes any difference anymore. It's got to be in the zeitgeist. It's got to be the movie everybody wants to see. It's got to be good. And that, I mean, those odds are terrible. I mean, even if he made a great film, we don't know if it would ever be. Well, it sounds like uh, Coppola went to you for funding before he decided to. Uh, <laughs> before he decided to make his film, he's like, uh, "What do you think, Keith?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm going to have to do this myself." Is it, is it uh, original screenplay or is it based? On uh, I, I don't know. I, uh, the fact that it's sci-fi tinged, I'm interested to see what Coppola does, especially '83. I think, you know, when you're a storyteller and you're in your '80s, you, you got stories to tell. You have perspective on things. It's a passion project. Rarely do passion projects pan out, I have to say. I, I can't think of a director, whether it's, you know, Spielberg with the Fable. Yeah, I mean, even or, Godfather was... Um, well, Godfather you was, know, was, was an assignment. Original. What? Assignment. Yeah, well, that was not a passion project. I'm just talking so, about well, various directors that made passion projects. Uh, well, look at Tarantino's career, though. He pretty much does whatever he wants. You know, yeah, but, but I would say every what, film he what, does is a passion project. Well, that, that's that's a career then, just being passionate it, it, about it, stuff. Is, I mean, the thing to me about Coppola is that arguably his best films, my personal favorite of his is um, The Conversation, but arguably his best films is all adapted material. I mean, Apocalypse Now is adapted. Um, you know, well, The Godfather yeah, is obviously adapted. Is, the Conversation is a basically remake of Blow Up. It is? You think so? Um, all adapted stuff. I mean, he was a he was a professional screenwriter, and he's good at taking material and, and doing something with it. The question is, well, I mean, with his own stuff. The, you said, two things. I think one. I mean, he was a great screenwriter. You know, let's not forget how he started because he he won an Oscar for Patton for the right, screenplay. The know, right, and and just all all of it. He's just a great screenwriter, and and the conversation was a great screenplay too. You know, I think there are a lot of writers who become directors and then you know and there's only a few like like what's his name who's doing the Mission Impossible movies where you keep directing and keep writing Macquarie yeah Macquarie you know and only a few directors really do that they generally switch over you know but I, I also think what you're saying about Coppola could you know arguably could be said about Spike Lee some of his best work is when he's adapting somebody else's work you know I like I happen to really like Inside Man that nah, takes nothing exactly away from him yeah, well, yeah, and that takes nothing away from him to do the well, right thing. Old boy is one of the pieces. Well, you see, you see that that's another conversation. <laughs> but but I, I say all that to say that yes, I I think that you know sometimes your strength may lie one place, but your passion may lie somewhere else. You know, and 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 I, I question passion projects because of when they were right. created, what that passion was, and. You know, that's well, you know, not to other, say that I don't about, have my own passion that, project. And, I, and I'll even personalize it, or we can personalize it, but I almost think that when you're allowed to do what you want to do is not necessarily the best thing. You know, people always say, well, someday I'll get a chance to write and direct and produce, and I'll get my own, and I'll have my own budget. And then, like you say, almost every time that happens, it's not as good as the things where they're adapting something or they're... Uh, doing an assignment of some kind or trying to create some of the best films ever make went through the Hollywood system and all those films were assigned well you know the, the interesting thing about that is that you know passion project passion project after you've had your major hit you know and and in the case of 
let's use a Jordan Peele, you know. Something Get Out was, in many ways, a passion project, something he wanted to do for many years. So, I, I, and I liken sometimes, you know, uh, certain films are like certain albums, you know, where, like, you had this album in you, you know, right. that you've been working on for years. Maybe the second album's good, too. But after a certain point, you know, you, 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 you know, and as you, you said, stop getting using the winning formula, right? Well, not just the winning formula, but then you you struggle for what you mentioned, and which I think is is something many artists have to face is, and that is is to maintain what we talked about earlier, relevance. Mm -hmm. You know, artists are in that. Uh, you know, every the thing about you know the cult of celebrity is what do people envy about? Um, let's say a Paris Hilton. Mm -hmm. They don't envy anything she specifically does. They envy her popularity. They envy her, you know, and not that she's relevant anymore, but they envied her relevance. Kim Kardashian would be. Yeah, exactly. Well, then even Kim Kardashian is, is taken that. Already. Yeah, yeah, but she's taken that and done something with it, you know. You know, I mean. Well, just, she actually started and helped start an industry. Right. That's that's what I'm saying. So I, I say all that to say that 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 the 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 struggle or the or the the. The desire for relevance is, you know, artists are given it and, and, you know, famous people are given it, but it's something that everybody secretly really wants. Everybody really wants to yeah. be, you know, a well, star. It, it, it's kind of like why, you know, award shows are so incredibly popular and why there always seems to be a new one, additional one every year, um, because star it's not enough that stars are praised it's not enough that they're making money it's not enough that they're getting recognition it's, it's also that they want awards for what they do and uh and in in, in the, the pit you know i don't know brad pitt against uh shia labeouf or whatever you know it's did you say pit 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 against labeouf <laughs> It's Pitt wow. versus LeBuff. You know what I was thinking of them? I was watching these. Wait, I'll take some of that action. Things. Yeah, that's exactly. Pitt versus <laughs> LeBuff. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, it's like this need. Even, even, you can never get enough. Well, you know, it, that's interesting. I, 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 we could, we could, we could debate that. Uh, but, but I do have some other, so, um, things I want to ask, but I want to ask Mike from Jersey. Uh, do you have any irrational fears, Mike from Jersey? Rational fears. Irrational. Um, irrational. Oh, like, irrational. Fears. Irrational. Um, not rational fears like fear of death. Keith talk about the fear of death. Um, I don't like bats. I don't like the concept. I, I, you know, they're just they're flying rodents with skin wings. I don't like the skin wings. So you you don't like the skin wings. So you have an irrational rational fear of skin wings. What do you I think, think of like yeah. webbed feet? What what about that? I, you know, for some reason that doesn't bother me. It's just oh, okay. like the skin, the skin wings with the hands skin attached wings. to the top. It's just strange. Skin wings is a good name for a band. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So skin wings. So so it's this. Is it the hairy, dark skin wings? Is that it? Is no, it the color? no. It's the, 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 the least amount of hair. The the, the worst. Like you know, just just like the peach fuzz. Skin yeah. is the scariest. Skin. Like, <laughs> they're not. They're not literally flying bats, though, right? They're like a completely different. Well, they're, they're flying bats. What bats? 
No, flying rats. Flying rats? Well, I mean, they're rodents. They're not flying rats. But that would be scary. To him, they are, though. To him, it's like, yes, it's a rat in the subway. I'm flying. You know, it's like like a palmetto bug. It's a flying roach. Oh, my God. You know, so, yeah. Mike, let me ask you just a quick question. Getting back to what you were saying, just to touch on a point where you were talking about Rod Serling and a certain amount of stories to tell. In um, in the same vein of that, um, and I can't remember the exact quote, but paraphrasing the the, the comment that um, Hemingway made, which is what is it that basically storytellers have like three stories to tell, and that's about it. Something words to that effect. Are you um, quoting Hemingway here on the show? <laughs> Where's my cigar? Well, Hemingway, what was it Hemingway said? We all have one story to tell and then two after stories. Yes. No, well, you know, yeah, I, I've heard that. I mean, I mean, I think that that in many ways is, is true to some extent. I mean, you know, whether Campbell talks about the hero's journey and... and you know, Jeff Gomez talks now about the collective journey, and 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 I think there there if if you want to go with uh, the the power of narratives, I think yes, narratives are very powerful. But the 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 real power is um, uh, you know, and this is the other thing I think social media has done is it's sort of controlling your your narrative, like letting you know. The, the the very from the from the time you know we were talking earlier about radio and how radio was a social thing which is clearly you know how you found you know you had no life you know yeah, and it, <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't I've never interacted with human beings exactly and so you made Pete you met people met women he went on <laughs> dates from the show he you know he had Dude, don't even, it, it yeah. was like his whole social network was came through night shift now at the time now at the time this was happening in the 90s this is this was right around the same time of of the whole group chat phone thing there was this thing where people would, a bazillion people would be on a phone uh, uh, the chat line yeah, that was what it was called this was, even, this was even before this was even before like no 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 but I was saying the chat line the chat line is almost yeah. you know we, we almost had like our own chat line okay on the air that's what it felt like but then right that was right around the time that Amazon was coming up Amazon a AOL was coming up and and that whole you, yeah you, 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 I knew it started with <laughs> A it started with A the big company with A what is Amazon AOL whatever it is Amazon just yeah. started yeah it's, man, AOL like what is even AOL that's like old like AOL you know if you have somebody with an AOL uh, email they're like oh AOL man <laughs> so so but uh, so that was around the same time that whole thing was coming up but the whole idea of creating an identity creating a handle creating a name oh, yeah. uh, the anonymity okay and then once we get to the technology where you have to show a face you know we we moved into the uh uh what, what was the precursor to what facebook MySpace? myspace yes and once we moved right. into the myspace era you know then you could just put up you know your best picks Okay, and then you know we get into this era of social media and filters and catfishing. Well, the, you know that's a whole. Just again, it's, it comes back down to controlling your narrative, creating an identity, creating an online identity, creating like I'm. You know, you always keep hearing like, oh, they they were dancing in their Instagram, and then they, you know, you know, they took their own life. You know, uh, so. Exactly. What, yes. What a creative persona does. Right. A little like persona. Superman. Well, and again, now now coming back to AI and, and virtual reality and the connection, which we haven't put together yet. Because AI and virtual reality comes down to, okay, 
you talk about virtual reality and why you want to do it and, and immersing yourself in another reality and spending time outside of reality, blah, blah, blah. But then you also talk about AI. Right. Now you start to think that the intersection is like, then, okay, who do you want to control your reality? And how much of your reality is already being controlled? Like from what you read, from what you're being bombarded with on every electronic device you have that's trying to make you buy something you looked at like yeah. yesterday, whatever. I'm just saying, uh, you well, know. Or, here's my, but I think well, to add to that, the question yes. is also, do you care who controls you? Well, now I see. Do you just want to be along for the ride? The, now you see, apathy is, apathy and, and our ability to normalize is, is, Part of why the robots will take over. So, so there it is. So, Bruce, so we talked about Bruce Willis earlier. Do you remember this film he did? Yes, loved it. Surrogate. Surrogate. Yeah. Yeah. Loved I mean, I, I, I think surrogates is about twenty-five years from now. Yes. Be laid up Listen, on you see what you and see what they all live in a digital world. Why uh, waste our? And by the way, you can live probably a lot longer that way. Listen. You, imagine the career you can have if you just sell your likeness at a, a certain point at 55 you just go into seclusion and you're like yes I'll be 35 in all my films from now on one, one of the flaws of surrogates I mean I, I liked it I love the concept but mm -hmm. one of the flaws of the film is that everybody's sharing in the same sort of digital uh, existence because they're actually talking to each other and they're all look, they're looking the way they want but they're living in the same world the, same, the environment is all the same and I always imagine that if it really happened, you'd create your own environment and your own world, and you would not even bother. Well, you see, I agree with you a thousand people. percent. I agree with you a thousand percent. I think more like uh, that, that Spielberg film. Um, and and I think that one of the other things that... Ready Player One? Uh, Ready Player One. I think the other thing that's happened here is in terms of the whole life is like science fiction of things is that, um, you know, the pandemic which is science fiction in itself. Yes. The pandemic accelerated the, the, the remoteness of uh, work. You know, we were talking in that clip that I played at the beginning. We were talking about, oh, you know, the hours I was breaking down, how your life is, you know, that hour to work, hour back. That's changed quite a bit. You know, it used to be like, well, if you were lucky, if you had a job where you could work from home or if you're a business for yourself, you work from home, you're an artist, you work from home, you know. Mm -hmm. So that lifestyle is, is not new to me. But for most people, it, it was not, you know. They had oh, to yeah. commute. So, yeah. but it, it now, the, it in the last two years, there's such a swath of 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 not just um, people who used to have to commute, but people now who are entering the job market, and it's all remote. And so, right. it. I agree with you that it only encourages you even more to spend time in another reality it's like we're gonna go out tonight let's go onto our party platform and we'll go meet people in our you know preferred mm -hmm. you know virtual reality where we like to go we, we can go to the virtual reality and we're all still 22 exactly and we'll this just is why i agree with like so point with about like i think we're like, i don't even know 20 years maybe like we're 10 years away from surrogates because what you're talking about you know we're you know we're basically just one step away from oh hey you know let's just work and do everything at home from that to uh, my body doesn't even have to leave home i can send a substitute body out there and just socialize with a with them with an avatar physically exactly you know and the other thing about you know things are going to happen in the future i've noticed we always say like where's my jetpack well your jetpack is an electric car 
a lot of right. things that we th we thought were going to be like the way they were in movies back in the 70s or 60s or earlier have happened they just didn't happen precisely the way it was in Blade Runner you know that's right or Logan that's the, the communicator name we have better than Blade the Runner communicator doesn't exist now name me anything in Logan's Run that doesn't exist now well They're we don't have, rep we don't have replicants slightly different version. do we have replicants yet well, um, I know there are men rob my marrying robots. There I've are. Seen that. I there mean, are as a matter of fact, I just robots. posted on my um, Instagram this robot of this Japanese artist. I can't remember. I can never pronounce her name. Yellow. Oh, I know what you're talking. You seen this? And yeah. she's out doing this painting. And I swear to God, I was looking at this video that was done like this week of her in a window painting. And I said, I thought she was dead. And then I'm looking at it. It took me a while yeah. to realize it wasn't. It, it's so real looking. It's kind of scary. Um, I mean, when you really look at it, then you start to notice. But at first, I probably wouldn't have known. Um, so, yeah, I do. I, I don't see any. I mean, what's I mean? In, um, I mean, maybe they're not exactly they are in Blade Runner where they're running around doing karate and things like that and shooting at people and all that. But. There well, is a version of that already. And, and the same note as that in terms of flying cars. I don't know if you remember this. Um, right before COVID hit, uh, uh, Uber was talking about like the end of the year, at two, at, like 2000, like the beginning of 2021, we're going to start beta testing in New York, basically flying cars, like drone type flying cars. I, I didn't hear about any flying cars. I did hear about drones delivering packages. Well, yeah, that. And then, but and also, I'm talking about literally, like, basically flying cars. I, I, you know course, what? You know what? I do remember that. I do remember reading yeah. about that. Yeah, they were talking about it. They made a big announcement, and then COVID happened, and then nothing. You haven't heard a word about it. No, I mean, New York would be the worst cars. city to do that. COVID I mean, killed the flying car. <laughs> I was, you know, um, I was at a college a few weeks ago on, on campus, and I went, they were showing me around. And there were these little carts riding around with arms on them. And, I said, and it almost hit us. And I was like, what the hell is that? And I said, oh, those are delivery bots. And apparently he said, oh, this is very common in, in campuses now. The kids, the students, they all order pizzas. They order this and that. And the things just ride from, you know, whatever, the, the, the takeout place and rides up to the campus. I mean, miles. Goes to the dorm room and delivers right. it. This is, this is now and it's not even weird. It's like normal. And to me, I was like, wow, this is like so science fiction to me. Well, I, I sent Mike a picture of this like already like a year or two ago. And this was a buddy of mine who lives in London. And there's the delivery service with the robots. And it basically just looks like a big, like, what do you call it? Like a big case on wheels. And right. then it opens up and your meal's in there. And it's it's just, it just drives to your home. The eye oh, great, great. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I just... And we're just sort of accepting them. You know, all these things are always happening gradually, right? So sometimes we don't really realize it. I mean, just the phone alone is a tricorder, tri right? And, right. And, right. And, and as a matter of fact, probably more a tricorder than a communicator, yeah. It's, it's, it's more advanced than a tricorder at this point. Exactly. So we, we all carry around tricorders. Yes, we do. I'm with that. I'm with the whole tricorder thing. So, well, you know, I, <laughs> because you're I am, a nerd. I'm with the, you're with the whole tricorder Frank. thing. I have a tricorder. Yes, I do. All right, so. Yeah, but you, don't uh, you want to have, like, the little the little attachment part that makes the sound? The little like, attachment like, part. No, no, I'm not with you. Listen, I dated a woman once who was, who was at all kinds of, you know, alerts and, and things going off on the phone. It was like dating R2-D2. You know, it's like. <laughs> 
was like, no, turn that stuff off. No, I, I have nothing on. You can't reach me. So um, that's why it's always weird movies when you, it's a kind of like romantic drama or something, and the husband is worried that the mistress is going to call and it keeps ringing. I'm like, turn Wait off your, your phone, you idiot. Well, they didn't have the ability to turn off ringers back in the day. Uh, <laughs> you know, they it's just like, you got ringer, no ringer. You buy it with the ringer. <laughs> Just had to guess that the call came in. No, well, you know, I don't know why that is. But I do have a couple things to say because I was looking at um, just where we are today. And I'll also mention where you are on the dial. It's 99.5 FM. The name of the show. Night Shift. We're here Mondays from 10 p.m. till midnight. We talk about how life is like science fiction. We take some other calls. Mike from Jersey called. The phone number here is 212-209-2877 if you want to join in and tell us your irrational fears. But uh, I'm going to read to you a couple other stories and, and have a couple other observations for you here. Um, I thought about this. I read that you know we're, we're, this month is the 100 year anniversary of the Rosewood Massacre. Were you aware oh of that? Uh, I, I, hadn't, I hadn't really quite realized that it happened in 1923, the first week of January. And and it's it's interesting because, you know, um, you know, we've seen hopefully you've seen the film where you know about this massacre that happened in Florida where it was a racially motivated massacre. And there have been a number of them around the country that you don't really hear about. They've been sort of erased from history as it were, or hidden history as it were. But I also thought about, you know, where we are today, you know, how, you know, Elena used to love to say, like, whatever it is we would talk about, you know, oh, human beings are doing this thing. She's like, we've always been doing that. You know, and in, <laughs> and in, and in many ways, she's right. Uh, we, as human beings, you know, we've always been, you know, killing each other and, and doing evil things. All right. I have somewhere I want to go, but somebody's calling. Hello, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Yeah, who is this? This is Joe from Elizabeth. Is this Night Shift? This is Night Shift. Yes, it is. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. I love your show. I have a, something to just ask you guys to toss around. I don't have an answer. Um, but uh, my question is, if you're talking about irrational fears is why are we so hell-bent on replacing people with technology? It's a, a dead end for us. If we replace everybody with technology, there's nothing for us to do. I can answer that question easily. Okay, th okay. Yeah, sure. Three three things. You ha what you have to look at, when you have a question like that, you say, like, well, why are we so hell-bent? You have to say, well, who would benefit? from that okay the person who would benefit would be that that manufacturer that 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 person that that business that corporation would they would benefit by having a program that could do your job or a robot that could do your job or or, a, or something now but what they would benefit from then is now they don't have to hire you but they could now you become, as opposed to an employee, you become a consumer. It's somebody else's concern. Wherever you work, it doesn't matter. So, yeah, you know, when there are jobs that we, in our lifetime, in the last, you know, 
even even last 25, 50 years that just no longer exist. You know, it's like a subway. Who takes the tokens at the subway? You know, there's very few of those people anymore. There's, you know, uh, when you're toll taker on the highway, it's all automatic. Pay phones. Pay phones. I mean, well, pay Who was on? Nobody was there. Well, who was maintaining them, I guess. Yeah, I'm just saying. The toll collectors. There it is. So I'm just saying. So there's so many things that, yeah, technology does completely wipe out you know uh jobs job sectors parts of the market but but it is because um you know as opposed to paying people to do whatever this job is i can get a machine that'll do it 10 times as fast and you know i don't have to pay in, but, but there comes a there will come a point probably not in my lifetime but not very far in the future where uh, there, there won't be anything for people, any job. Absolutely, listen. So how do absolutely, they earn money absolutely. To pay for stuff. Right? Absolutely, listen. Didn't you see Wall E? Didn't you see that movie? There'll just yeah. be refuse yeah. left. Yeah, I, I agree 100. percent Well, this is no, this is that's right. That's that's where we're headed. Is Wally those exactly. those, those blobs of flesh that exactly. are sitting there exactly. doing nothing? But and so my question to Wally's writers were: Well, where did those people get the money to get on that ship? Now you see again. It depends on how you you know. Right now we 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 exist in a debt based economy, but maybe if we'd have a different kind of economy, well, this is country. In this country, it's a debt based economy. So, but I mean, you know, but I think that that's the the goal of, you know, those who were with the money. They'd love everybody to be well, in debt. What's what's the most profitable company on earth? I mean, Apple, right? Is it? It's up there. I think it is. Yeah, no, or, or Amazon, which I will not buy anything from ever. I well, don't I can't like blame it. I can't blame it. Yeah, evil empire. I'm, I'm impressed. It is, but because it's tough, especially during the pandemic. But here's what I was going to say. <clears throat> I wondered how many wars have there been in history since you know since recorded history. I, I assume world wars, like just no, just wars, wars. Periods, just wars, oh, period. thousands. No, just period. How many wars have humans had and since recorded history? How many wars? Countless. And well, um, they're not countless. There, there is a number, according to Wikipedia. Oh. Yes, okay. there have been ten thousand six hundred and twenty-four battles in the wow. history of mankind. <laughs> I don't know how they can come up with that number. Well, listen, I'll tell you how. I'll tell you how. Now, uh, so I was just like you. I was like, well, how do they come up with that number? You know, I'm, I'm as crotchety as you can. And so <laughs> uh, so I started reading articles, and I'm doing some research about the battles and how, you know, blah, 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 and the recorded history, blah, blah. And, and there's a website. You know, because then I wondered how many battles are going on right now. And they talk about all these, you know, there's like 27 conflicts going on on the planet right now. But there is something called the Global Conflict Tracker. Oh, yes. It's a website. The Global Conflict wow. Tracker. Now, this, just to just go back all the way. Look at this. Look at this. Yes. And it's the whole planet on a page here. And, and I just got to read this. The Council on foreign relations. All right, go ahead. What were you going to say, Kate? No, no, I was just going to say that that makes sense for current battles because we have the technology to track things, but mm -hmm. how do you, how can you count up what went on 400 years ago? Well, again, it's recorded history. You have to go back and record a history and somebody's doing that. 
Yeah, I, I'm sure there's a lot of things that happen that never got recorded. Now, in the future, is that going to count wars that are fought exclusively by robots and drones? The Napoleonic era and the Roman Empire. No, those are major, major conflicts. We're talking about there's lots of lots of wars. There's wars you forgot about. There's wars you remember reading about. Oh yeah, the American-Mexican War. What was that? You know, you didn't right. even know what it was about. You just remember the name, the the, the Philippine War. Oh yeah, right, right. Mm-hmm. Like we fought with everybody. We don't even we don't even know why we fought with them. You went to school. You read about all these the Indian this the war. <laughs> you, you remember just reading all these wars? Yeah. And you don't even really know why. You just need to know the dates and who the generals were, and 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 maybe specific. You know, wounded knee happened at what war? You know, and right. and. It's just part of of history, but it's really, we learn the history, but we haven't learned from the history. That's what it seems like to me. Well, as Sting says, history will teach us nothing. That's right. We got to say that more like Charlton. That's it. <laughs> history will teach us nothing. <laughs> Can I have another question? Yes, sir. Will that conflict count wars that are fought by robots and drones? No, I, I think it's a good question. Wasn't that you just asking that? Uh, was that? I thought was, that was Mike from Jersey asking that. No, I didn't. Oh no, you no. didn't ask. Oh, of course, the more intelligent, the more in, the more intelligent called to ask that question. I know what I was gonna. What I was gonna say is, yeah, I think you know we uh, just like, just like we've had to change the art aesthetic, and how we measure art and creativity, performance, you know, paintings. All, all of it's gonna be, you know. Uh, graphic design, everything uh, at a certain point is impacted by technology. I was looking at a series of photos of how, you know, artists who do drafting and architectural drawings before the AutoCAD was invented in 1980, they had to have these giant things and redraw things. So, you know, technology helped things, it changed things. But I think war, there's an aesthetic to war. You know, with a conflict, you know, we, we have all kinds of names now, you know, police action, you know, we have, we have different names for war. So I, I think, yes, I think wars that are fought with drones still killing humans. So it's always going to be like a, a Terminator. Yeah, like the Terminator. Well, I mean, you know, Cameron Noah was all about this. Well, gentlemen, thank you. And ladies, yes. if there's ladies present, thank yeah, you. Yeah, uh, Mike from Jersey. You guys, you got a great show, and I love it. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for calling and being so positive. We appreciate that. What were you going to say, Keith? I was, uh, well, just, you know, this whole idea of. What was the name of that uh, organization that built the robots, the Terminator robots? Skynet. Skynet. Yes. Skynet went out there. Another word for CIA. Yes. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say, Mike from Jersey? Who built the robots at the Robocop space where that we're going to go out and uh, decide to kill people? Listen, the robots begin to build themselves. Is that's that's that listen that's what's going to happen like you said you know key, i don't know what somebody said here on the show about human beings lazy being lazy yes yes, yes. What, who was that you was it smart you said it yes <laughs> keith said it yeah humans are lazy you know why why, why do we want to have all these you know or maybe it was listening i want a hoodie that uh, yeah be- because, because so so we, we, lazy or or what we th- see is ease you know and and so sure it's easier to have, you know, why, you know, I was reading an article about how they're having to now, during the pandemic, all this online learning, 
you know, they, they were, they were as opposed to, you know, the same type of learning, you know, where they learned to uh, understand the problem, they would go for the easy answer, you know, and having access, you know, we live in an age now, you know, to me, the best thing about the internet, I, I remember was like, it's like having a library in your home, you know, you could research anything, you don't have to go to the library to research, you could research right yeah. at home. Yeah. So, so for the most part, we live in a world where, um, very few questions you can't find an answer to. You know, there's very few questions you can't yes, find. Some, it is true yeah. that the sources yeah. can't be questioned. No, of course there's right. going to be questions. You, you, you have to do. You're yeah, talking from Wiki. You have to do deep vibes. I agree. I agree. I agree. Matter of fact, it's not. Wikis can't even be used in any kind of a college paper or anything like that. No, who uses Wiki? Only here on the show. Hello, you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, you're on the Michael. air. Yes, who Darryl is it? Daryl McPherson, Bronx, New York. Daryl McPherson. You... This name sounds very familiar. Well, let, let, the irrational fear is, is that BAI, because it's unable to raise $3.6 million a year, goes off the air. The answer to your questions, that Uber question that you had about the uh, vertical lift thing, if you, I think if you do a good search, putting BAI in as your as your cause of choice we get a penny every time you folks do a search so we really want you to raise the money um there's a company that's raised that's getting ready to do that vertical transportation thing right now and where did i hear that story today on wbai right well, there, the, it is. Um, there it is the You're most the, the most valuable company if you go to Forbes, real-time billionaires, it gives you the list of the uh, 100, 200 richest people on the planet. Right. The last time I looked, and I haven't looked in a long time, but people should check in every day, Forbes, real-time billionaires. Believe it or not, Louis Vuitton, so it's LVH, Louis Vuitton, Hennessy, the guy who owns that, was challenging or actually beat out Musk with um, with uh, what is it? the two companies. He's got SpaceX and, and Tell whatever, the car company. Right? So the point that I'm trying to make here and I, I say try specifically is We, is we recognize, we rec we recognize right your now is totally the answers that you get from this station and the the uh, the, um, the inspiration to go do searches to get more information zero place i haven't found a podcast anything of uh, the thing on war that you that you were talking about there are at least five extensive institutes the institute of war the royal what's rusty u r s i you can get, if you understand how things work, all the trivia that we talk about would be gone. And the gentleman who was so concerned about what happens when the robots can do everything, well, hopefully, as human beings, meaning spiritual beings having a physical experience, you'll evolve out. And you'll start doing what you were meant to do on this planet rather than attempting to hold everything down so that you can be in control. All right.
I'm going to speak well, too loud. No, no. Well, we, we, I want my tapes of James. Is it James? What's his, what's the James Scott? The, James Scott. Scott. Thank you. Gosh, man, my brain. But do you understand what I'm saying? Of course. We have the answers to all the challenges right now. We have the technology to upgrade the brains around us. Check out, go to Good Search, put in BAI as your cause of choice, and look in entrainment therapy. You can program yourself rather than allowing TikTok to program you, right? One other than labor is of value on this planet. When you talk about Francis Ford Coppola, the things that you, the three of you were talking about, if you viewed it differently than how most people are trained to view things, rather than being the battery that you get out of, um, oh, come on, help me out here, um, the Matrix, you become the world. Which pill are you going to take? Well, on that note, sir, I'm going to let you know. Bottom side is we can save BAI if everybody changes their behavior. If you use the dreaded Amazon, do Amazon smile and look for good search. Send us some money so we can hear stuff like what these three gentlemen are talking about. Well, thank you, Daryl. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give out the phone number for people can make a pledge. And, and that pledge number, where you can directly do it right now, is 212-209-2950. Daryl McPherson gave the right message. And the right message is that you need to support a station like this. Where else are you going to hear all this message? Like, hopefully, as you listen to this show, you go, wow, I didn't know about that. Let yeah. me look at this. Wow, I didn't know about that. Look, what the way, the way, the way, get your night shift. Byron used to talk about the night shift notebook. And you know what? You need the night shift notebook, either that or a notepad or something on your, your phone. So you can keep track. You say, you know what? They're talking about all this stuff. I need to know more. I need to know if Keith is out of his mind or if he's making actually any sense. And who the hell is Mike from Jersey anyway? But I, I do want to say that you can call now, 212-209-2950. That's 212-209-2950. And I say, because night shift has been on for 30 years, make a $30 pledge in the name of night shift right now. Just call. Just say, I've enjoyed the show, I've enjoyed the stories, I've enjoyed the, the talk, the banter, the music, the couple calls that we got. Uh, I, I, I even enjoyed Mike from Jersey, you know. So yeah. call 212-209-2950 or you can go to online, you can go online to give the number to give to WBAI.org and there are all kinds of ways to, to pledge. Now, I have another story. Now, tell me, let me just, just show you the face. Tell me this guy, does this guy look like, okay, hold on. Oh man, see, I lost his face here. I'm trying to get to this guy here. Okay, tell me this guy, does this guy look a little bit crazy to you, Keith? Slightly. Yeah, he looks a little crazy. He's yeah, got this he smile. Looks he looks like, okay, he looks now, the story, and, and I love the mirror. Okay, have you ever seen read the mirror? The mirror is like no. it's the mirror. It's from the UK. It, it, it is life not is like black science. mirror. No, not black mirror. The mirror <laughs> is a publication online. Oh, okay. the mirror. Oh, oh, oh you mean UK. one of those cheesy? The mirror, the yeah, the mirror. Uh, it's like the Inquirer. Hold, hold yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hello, you in the air. Hello. Hey. Who is this? Who is this? I'm Bill, man. I'm Bill from Hell's Kitchen. How are you? Bill from Hell's Kitchen. Bill. And how long have you been listening to the show, Bill? A long time, and I'm a pleasure. Ah, 
not you, my favorite guy. I pledge to you. I pledge to Hop Day. All right. I pledge to Bob Fast. I pledge to, you know. All right. um, Anyway, I got, listen, can I ask you a question? Sure. You know, when I call you, I usually call about Harlem and I say, you know, keep Harlem black. Please be sensitive. Um, Let's try to support Harlem and, you know, and, and keep it black. You know, let's let's go eat at Sylvia's, but then go back to your segregated Upper East yeah, Side but, liberal but that, neighborhood. But that that horse has left the barn. I hate to tell you, it sure has, Mike. I know. But here's my new one. You ready for the new one? I'm ready. It's 2023. This is your new one. Okay, bro. Bill, here we go. Here's, Bill from House Kitchen's new one for 2023. I can't believe. Come on, Bill. Nobody. Okay. In the last two years, six million people have come over the border. And another 8 to 12 million are coming. Mike, what is that going to do to black men? I work in the trades, okay? I'm a, I, I work in the trades. And it, they've already been hurt so bad by this, you know, by illegals. How come we don't hear about this? Because we're talking about something that's going to devastate black males. If you look at a black male now who's 10 years old, or a black male who's born today, Mike, look at the Los Angeles City Council comments from Nuri Martinez. They call black people monkeys. They didn't resign. They they mock anyone who's with the blacks. And number three, they the zoning people were in the room saying how they zone against blacks. Okay. All right. I, I got to ask Lieutenant you a couple Columbo. questions. I got to contextualize you, sir. Yeah. And, so, yeah. and what race are you? I'm, I'm Hell's Kitchen Irish. Hell's Kitchen Irish. And do you have any Latino friends? Yes, sure. Okay, and and have you had this conversation with them? What, what, what's their yes, name? I have. And, and, and you what's want their take? Answer? Yeah, no, I want to know their don't take. Don't hang up if I tell you. No, you don't, don't hang up. Mike. Don't curse. If they were stupid curse. enough to let it happen, they deserve it. And that is the city council's attitude. This guy Kevin DeLeon, he if, says, "Look, if it's who, our turn wait, now. Wait, we who, got if the power. I'm not enough, resigning." Sir. sir, Bill, if who was yeah. stupid enough? Who, if who was stupid? If enough? blacks were stupid enough to let this happen to them, blacks. Kevin DeLeon, Mike, let me finish. Kevin DeLeon of the City Council of Los Angeles says, I am not resigning. Even fistfights break down. Listen, I, says, I'm well aware of the situation. Our, I'm well aware. Baby, it's our turn. If blacks were stupid enough to let this happen to them, they deserve it. That's how yeah. they look at it. I'm not bullshitting you, Mike. All right, That's but, exactly all right, what you see, I just, I, now you see. I, I, you know, you, you, you just cursed there. You I just asked was, you not to curse, there. and then you curse. And, you, you you know, I can't talk to you when you're cursing. All right, so, uh, Mike from Jersey, you're still there? Okay. Is Mike from Jersey still there? I don't know. Did we lose my? Sorry, sorry, sorry. All right, you're Mike. still there. Yeah. Okay. Don't don't curse. Okay. All right. So, uh, uh, you know, he, you know. I won't swear. And I won't don't curse. Okay. Now, I was a weird looking guy. Okay. They call the guy him. Just this is from no, no. This is from the mirror. The guy who called. That's just real time weirdness. This is <laughs> this is in print weirdness or or indigenous weirdness. Okay. So the weird looking guy, living Nostradamus. Stop. Living Nostradamus. Chilling prediction. World War Three could be triggered by Elon Musk. I just, I uh, okay, his name. You ready for the living Nostradamus? His name is Athos Salome. <laughs> Athos wow. Salome claims psychiatrists are already pointing out mobile phones are the possible antichrist of modern life. 
as opposed to a person and technology, he claims that will spark World War Three. Now, that's just the that's just the the, the caption under his photo. Okay, okay. <laughs> now, I'm just going to read you. I, I, there's no way I'll put you through this entire article, but I'm just going to read the first. Fred Kwame? Stop. I'm just going. Yeah, <laughs> you will not betray me. All right. So, no. Here, here, here's what I got here. Now, this, I'm just going to read the first two sentences. A prophet dubbed a living Nostradamus reckons a new world war could be triggered by Tesla boss Elon Musk taking on the Antichrist. Can't you wow. see the poster right now? Okay. They're say, Salamean investigating paranormal has already claimed Tesla, SpaceX, and now the new Twitter boss could be a Knight Templar. And will mark wow. and will mark the return of the Antichrist this year. Ugh. So yeah. So uh, listen, this is what's happening on the planet, babe. Okay. Well, so Mark Zuckerberg is a Jewish Templar? No. Well, Zuckerberg's not even mentioned in this article. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, this is this is this is Elon Musk is going to do battle with the Antichrist, which is in actuality cell phones. Just so you know. So uh, I, I have to say, you know, uh, watching some of these now, and I'm just going to read a couple of headlines to you because, uh, you know, we're, we're at a stage now in, in the world where it just seems like it, it, just everyday news, you know, every every publication now, I'd say in the last 10, 15 years. Uh, now, we were doing this, in, 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 as you know, in the 90s, but I would say since the turn of the century, every single publication has a section. Every major outlet has a section for weird news. Have you noticed that? Yes. They all have weird news now. It's like weird news is like a thing. Like when we did it, we would just have to scour for the weird news. Now, there's just go to the oh, weird yeah. news. Just put in weird you news. Can go anywhere. Yeah, there's a website, weird news, you know, just <laughs> weird news. Okay. So, if I go to live science, because I love to go to the science, like real, not, mm -hmm. you know, the mirror, because that's, you know, they don't well, call you, it weird news. It's, <laughs> it's, it's exactly. uh, what is it? What's the hairy guy used to run in slow motion? The uh, hairy guy. In the woods. The hairy guy that runs in slow motion? Slow motion in the woods. It was a fantasy of Keats as a child. <laughs> No, I mean, you know, I'm talking about that no, I that bear-like man about. who runs around and they're always talking about Sasquatch. Oh, okay. Oh, it's okay. Like, wow. <laughs> it took a while to get there. Yeah, uh, okay, yes. Wow, yes. But, it's, okay. you know, wow. they always have covers like Sasquatch marries, you know, Princess oh, Diana yes, yes, or something yes, like that, yes. you know. Just totally. Did, did Sasquatch marry Princess Diana? <laughs> and then they had, and they crashed the car. Um <laughs> I didn't even know. I didn't even read this. I was obviously not reading these publications. But, you know, they all had, it's always alien stories. And yes, I know, I know. Yeah, Nixon leaves with aliens. And now we're having, having half-alien right, right. babies. Right, 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 right. All right, we'll get a couple calls towards the end of the show here. Hello, you're on the air. Hello, you're on the air. Hello. Yes. It's Donald, it's Donald Trump calling. Ah, Donald, talk to me. Talk to me. How you doing? Listen, Donald Trump was the only one. Hillary... Biden and Maxine Waters knew, but would never say it. Donald Trump said, this is going to hurt black men the most. The uh, most. And right, he so said wait, it After over cursing, and, you're going to call back and, and quote Trump as like the prophet? Yeah, Trump knew. 
No, no, let me, I'll call you back. Let me tell you, Trump knew. And, uh, that's that's not, about, listen. And what's his obsession with You should have a different man. approach. Well, no, blacks, he wants me to, to dislike or be feared of. It's like of, the racist of, of, Monroe. Well, listen, I understand. Listen, there, there's you a very famous. Him? No, listen, I understand. There's a very famous uh, piece written uh, about, uh, let's just say, the, the, the effect of, of. It's called the. Pedagogy of the oppressed: How the oppressed become like the oppressors. How, when you're in a position of power, you act like those who have oppressed you. And I understand that. And I understand that psychology. And you know, you, you know, this for me I, to respond to this guy. You know, it's it's eleven fifty. Okay. <laughs> Exactly. I'm not, listen, dude, listen, you don't know what I do in real life. I, I do a whole show called Brown and Black, which me and another right. Latino, we, we talk about the intersection between race and pop culture. Ask Keith. He's even listened to the show. He's yeah. even been on the show. He's been, <laughs> I've recorded him on the show. So I say all that to say that, uh, yeah, dude, I, I, I did a whole episode on what happened there and, and just uh, what that's all about. And, and, you know, it's a longer conversation, but you're not going to make me and afraid it will take of, totally you know, Latinos coming yeah. from or, or immigrants, because it's not just Latinos. It's plenty. Listen, America, the, the, unless you're Native American, we're all freaking immigrants, okay? You know, some of us came here by by, by, force. Uh, by force. Some of us came here by because we had no choice. Some of us came here because we wanted to achieve something. But everybody came running away from here. Horrible came here. So, so we don't have any specific ownership. And let me just say, Irish were not created, treated very well when they came here. Okay, they, they were not treated well. Neither were the Italians. So, mm -hmm. so every group that's come here comes here not treated well. Once they are treated well, and once they integrate, then they're like, "Oh, hey, look at them," you know. And so that, right. that's my that's my issue. So that being said, I love you. You know, love you. Love this old Macy with I love you. So Mike, you know, the, whether I agree with you or not, part. I still love you. What? what did you see the news article today about the Native American footprint that was discovered that predates? Uh, like 23,000 years. The Native American footprint. Well, you know, no, but I have my own. I have conspiracy theories about that. I have my own. Basically, alien it's evidence, race. It's evidence that, 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 that Native American people essentially, the, the, the ancestors were here before the Ice Age. That's the yes. gist. Yes. And then they left and came back. <laughs> like, yes, the Ice Age, when the Ice Age was over, came back. We'll, we'll come back when. When you know winter is coming, they knew winter was coming. <laughs> they came and then they came back. So, so you are tuned to listen to sponsored radio WBAI ninety nine point five FM. This has been Night Shift. It has been a pleasure to do the show here with you, Mister Brown. Oh yes, yes, it's been fun. I, I, I've enjoyed doing the show, and and Mike from Jersey, I've I even enjoyed doing the show with you. <laughs> it's so. Uh, so yes, William Shatner's ninety now. You heard, you heard that now. Oh, Shatner's ninety. Well, you got to give him a like. You got to. Ninety one. It's funny. Like ninety ninety one. Bad things about him, and I, and I don't want to like hear. What, what, I you know, you're from, you're that's the, the, the stop following George Decay. So, it's like George every Decay. time there was a whole uh, when um, it was uh, it's only birthday George Decay recently, at this point. and uh, and uh, you know she was in some interview and she said he wasn't nice to her. Yeah, listen, that's his old news. Shatner was full of himself back in the day. 
You think he humbled over the years? I think he. I think he just. I think. I think. I think. I think. Coming back to what we were talking about before about artists, Mm -hmm. I think artists in society. Okay, you know that relevance. That relevance feeds something. And that's something that all humans have, and that is ego. And I think as an artist, you're the only, that's the only place in society where you're really allowed to be, you know, you're allowed to have an ego. You, you know, you're an artist, you know, you know, somebody's egotistical and he's like, oh, he's Prince, or he's Sting, or he's like, whatever egotistical artist you've heard of, it's, it's okay, because they're whoever they are, you know, they're a diva, they're this, you know, and, and I think that, okay, you're going to be judged by that, by those who are not allowed to have an ego. Because there's a lot of aspects of society that tell you you're not allowed to have an ego. You're not allowed to, you know, you know, which, you know, and this is, you know, it's 1154, so we can't really get into this. But I, I, I think, and that has a lot to do with, you know, what's going on in this country, too, and, and how it was quote-unquote founded, you know, looking for quote-unquote freedom from tyranny, you know, we need to create our own tyranny. You know, so it, all of it, is, it kind, kind of comes... I think back to certain things that are, and again, the life is like science fiction view here on Night Shift is look at what the humans are doing now. So, well, yeah, and I also, just that's how that, I see you know, in his day, he's just trying to make it. I mean, yeah. he, you right. get an opportunity, get a show, yeah. and you try to milk it for its worth because you may not get another one yeah. for a long time. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and it's like doggy dog. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, not only that, it was also that was like that. That was the time, you know. It's 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 not to say that what he was doing was right or whether he was, you know, a nice guy or whatever. But I mean, you know, when you are a person of that time, you know, the 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 ethics of the time, mm-hmm. the 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 morals of the time, are what you have. You know, if you're progressive, great. But but how many people really are? You know, how many people really are? I mean, you know, and and you can often be a dichotomy. Look at Charlton Heston. He was he was very involved with the civil rights movement. At, you know, as an artist, maybe he saw things a certain way. Then he became like this staunch Republican. Take the gun out of my hand. You know, so so like you know, is that in co- <laughs> there's a conflict there of value, but yeah. but the, but there's still other things that define you mm-hmm. besides what you would normally equate with that. And and yeah, I think too. Huh? Clint too. I Clint mean, did definitely. He Clint. was very. He's he was a very liberal. Guy. Come on. Look, 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 then, let me uh, just. Yeah. Let me what? just say quickly for. Uh, it's eleven fifty-six. We got to go. Go ahead. Okay. What? Talk. No, Quick. for ten seconds. Um, basically, I mean, I follow Piquet on Twitter, and I think he's like ninety-nine percent on the right. Th- I, I, you know, he says things that make sense. He's very progressive. Blah blah blah. The only thing that just he seems to be, in my opinion, off about it is just this whole like Shatner grudge. Well, he's got a Shatner grudge, babe. There it is. Otherwise, you know, he's he's, he's a progressive cool You know dude. what? He should be grateful. I mean, the guy's got a career. It's gone on this long for one little TV show he did for a couple of years. Ah. And, he's and doing a play in London it, right now. He's not even, I don't even think he's that great an actor, to be honest with you. And, and he's, oh my. But he, but he's, he's become a household name from oh that my. show. So he benefited a lot from that show, and he should ah. be happy to have it. You know how many people, Listen. other shows came out at the same time? We're only lucky. I, I think, I'm not saying you should. You know, be grateful to Shatner, but the show helped him and made him, we gave him a platform for everything else he's done in his life or his career. So, you know, happening? Happening. this is Spike Lee. You're listening to Night Shift on WBAI 99.5 on your FM dial. I've had Spike Lee interrupt you there. 
All right, you are tuned to Listen Sponsored Radio. This has been Night Shift, and the ice has broken. And thank you, Mark from Jersey. Thank you, Mr. Brown. And we are going to... How does it feel? We're going to leave on the way we began. Feels like times have changed. So where can people find you in your art? (laughs) (laughs) Instagram, uh, I am the leopard, and um, KeithHenryBrown.com. KeithHBrown.com. And Mike from Jersey, you want to give out anything? Yeah, sure. You can find me at uh, GreenCleaver at gmail.com. That's right. Even though it sounds like a psycho name. I will come. I have the green cleaver. All right. Talk to you soon. Until next week, this has been Night Shift, and please stay tuned. If you ever happen to be someplace and you contemplate I'm not here, where are you? So in this moment, be here. Be here wherever here happens to be. In this day and time, we have gathered together to contemplate, to dialogue this that is called... Night shift again. 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 I'll be damn late. Now, where are my people? 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 Where are my people?